We're going to dig into scripture here. And we're going to start with the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 9. And the Bible says this. As Jesus, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Let's, uh, let's turn to the next chapter. And Matthew chapter 10 says this, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First Simon, who's called Peter and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, uh, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions, do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Father, that it is alive this morning. It communicates deep into our hearts, even thousands of years after it was written. God, I pray that in these next few moments that you'd help us. God, open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes so we can see your word a little bit more deeply, a little bit more intimately. We thank you for this morning. Thank you for, for what you have accomplished and what you will accomplish in our lives. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Everybody said. Amen. One more time. Everybody said. Amen. Hey, listen, as, as the kids pastor here at Calvary Kids, there's, there's one thing that we do every Sunday morning right before we teach. And, and because I'm with you guys and, and, and not with Calvary Kids, would you indulge me this morning? We do what we call our traditions. All right. These are three questions that we ask our kids and they respond. So the first question is this, who are you? And they respond with, I am a child of God. So can you try that? Who are you? One more time. Who are you? Very good. Then we ask them, who are we? And the response is, we are the body of Christ. So who are we? we are Come on, with a little more enthusiasm, who are we? we are and the third and final question that we ask is this, why are we here? And the response is to celebrate God and grow, grow in Him. So why are we here? To celebrate God and grow in Him. So who are you? I am a child of God. Who are we? We are the body of Christ. And why are we here? To celebrate God and grow in Him. Now, there is a certain amount of irony that sports camp has become the, the, the signature outreach event of Calvary Kids. And the reason for that is because I know next to nothing about sports. All right? I, I grew up uh, doing music, doing art. Uh, my, my idea of sports is like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay, that's, that's where I live when it comes to sports. However, there is one sports story. There's several sports stories, but one specific sports story that, that I've heard recently that I think is, is pretty fascinating, and that is this. It's about this guy, Jimmy Johnson, 
who is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, or, or, or was, right? I, I didn't know that. I had to look that up. But, but I appreciate your response. So he was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And, and one day he was doing this film session. And at the back of the room, there is this like third string linebacker who, who was falling asleep. And he walks over to that linebacker after a little while. And he says, hey, pack your bags. You're cut. Get out of here. And, 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 and the guy does that. He packs the bag, gets up, he leaves. Then he walks to the front of the room and he shakes another player and he says, hey, wake up, Emmett. Of course, he's talking about Emmett Smith, who, of course, not super familiar with. But what I love about the story is that it illustrates the, the very important dynamic, the important journey of individuals playing on a team. And it's a, it's a journey that we see in stories, in, in, in movies, and all through scripture. It's the story of like the Avengers and each of the superheroes who, who make up the Avengers kind of coming together to form one cohesive unit, a team that even though it's made up of, of multiple individuals, they all carry the same fundamental goal. That journey is the story of Matthew. And there are three moments in particular in those four verses of Matthew chapter 9 that help to illustrate the journey that Matthew's on. And first, it's the moment that he's called. In verse 9, Jesus says very simply to Matthew, follow me. Matthew was a tax collector. So he corroborated, collaborated with the government to extort from his own countrymen, from his people. His job, or, or, or the way that he made his money, was to charge an excess of the tax that was levied against the Israelites. And it was from that overage that he was able to pay himself. This is not a man who had a great reputation. This was a man who was loathed and despised by his people. But two words, follow me, and it revolutionizes Matthew's life. And from that moment in his history, he is a completely different individual. Follow me. I remember hearing similar words when I was 15 years old. And in Lake Wales in Masterpiece Gardens, I remember for the first time truly hearing God's voice. And truly laying down my life in order to serve Jesus. And it was about a year later that I heard similar words saying, telling me that the, the, the trajectory of my life would be to serve families and children. And those words changed me. Those words radically altered my destiny. And those words, when Matthew heard them, not only affected him, but it affected his circle of influence. And what we see is this. What we see is that Jesus, after he tells Matthew to follow him, he says, this is what happens. So uh, Matthew gets up and he follows Jesus. And, and, and Jesus then has dinner at Matthew's house with many tax collectors and sinners who came to eat with him and his disciples. 
But after Matthew hears this call, he faces steep adversity. And the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, approach Matthew, approach Jesus and his disciples, and they ask this question. They ask, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? This question, innocent as it may seem, attempted to nullify the work that Jesus had just done in Matthew's life. This question brought into question everything about Jesus, Jesus' mission, and what Jesus wanted to do in Matthew's life. The sad thing is, it probably wasn't a message that Matthew was not accustomed to. Matthew had spent his whole career hearing these same words. The tax collectors are sinners. The tax collectors should not and could not be truly a part of Israel. And probably to Matthew, it just confirmed what he already believed about himself. And it's a message that's similar to messages that we hear about ourselves all the time. You're not good enough. You're not holy enough. You're not smart enough. It's a message that seeks to derail the destiny that God has for us. It seeks to nullify the work that, that, that God has done in our hearts and in our lives. My, my old youth pastor loved reading leadership books. And one of the leadership books that, that he read and talked about most often was called Bird Watching. And it was kind of the memoir of, of Larry Bird, who was a basketball player who, who, who then became a coach. And, and I remember one day finding it in a thrift store. And even though I didn't know anything about sports, I read that book voraciously. And one thing, one moment in that book was very, very poignant to me. Larry Bird said this. Larry Bird said that in practice, he'd never used a whistle to get the attention of his players. Larry Bird believed that if he wanted to see his team succeed out in the field, in the court, in the court, basketball, if he wanted to see his team succeed, they would have to know his voice. You know, in our lives, too often, we expect the sharp blast of judgment. We expect God's response to our lives, what we do, to be an indictment of who we are. But what I believe Matthew experienced, what I believe all of us can experience is not the sharp blast of judgment, it's the warm, loving tones of grace. And grace seems to be the theme of this whole morning. Grace, unmerited favor to, to receive that which didn't earn and cannot achieve. And it's, it's, it's the grace of Jesus that Matthew experienced. And Jesus responds like this. 
Jesus looks at those Pharisees and he says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Listen, Jesus knew who Matthew was. Jesus knew Matthew's reputation. But that's not the Matthew that he called. Matthew called, or Jesus called a Matthew who had purpose. Jesus called a Matthew who one day would write the first gospel, the first story of who Jesus was. Jesus didn't see Matthew's past. Jesus saw Matthew's future. And that call, the call of grace, is the same call that Jesus has for us today. Jesus calls the sinners, not the righteous. And ultimately, what I think that means is this, that Jesus is all in on your journey. Jesus is all in on my journey. God knows where we've been. God knows who we are and where we've come from. And yet, grace says that God has a plan for us. That God hears our needs. That God listens when we call on him. There's, there's something that happened this week at, at sports camp. It was by far my favorite moment. We had a lot of great moments, but this moment to me was my favorite. It was uh, Wednesday, Thursday night, and, and we happened to be giving away this like inflatable T-Rex costume to, to, to kids. And, and when I picked that costume up, right before we called out the name of the kid who won it, I saw this boy who was kind of sitting uh, up, up front, and I saw his face light up. And in my heart, I thought, man, I really hope he's the kid that wins this T-Rex costume. And we reach into our little bucket, and we pull out a name, and sure enough, it's his name. And I thought, wow, what a cool moment for that kid. And so I, I kind of watched him. Just I was, I was so happy that he'd gotten this prize that, that I watched him as his mom walked in at the end of the night. And he ran over to her and he gave her this big long hug. And I thought, you know what? I should, I should tell his mom just kind of the moment that, that, that I just had watching him. And so I did. I walked over to his mom and I said, ma'am, listen, your son, I'm so happy you won the T-Rex costume because I could tell that he, he really, really wanted that costume. And she says, listen, you have no clue. She said, yesterday he wasn't able to come to sports camp and he spent the night crying and crying and crying because he was afraid that somebody else was going to win this costume. He prayed all night long for this costume. And today, he received exactly what he was praying. Listen, if that, doesn't, if that doesn't boost your faith, you need to untie your, your, your bow tie a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because listen, God cares about our smallest needs. God cares about our smallest desires. And God is all in on our journey. 2008, 2009, I spent the summer working at a kids camp in Vero Beach, a youth camp. And, uh, and, and at this camp, there were, there were animals and there were uh, 
there was just a bunch of stuff, a bunch of activities that, that the kids who were there for camp were able to participate in. And there happened to be uh, these two emus, okay? Emus are like big ostrich-looking birds. And, and one day I was driving around in a golf cart with, with one of the security guys. And, and as we approached the field where the kids were having lunch, what, what, what I saw kind of terrified me to my core. Because the emu had escaped. And he was, he was running and chasing kids through the lunch field. It was like straight out of Jurassic Park. I don't know, I don't know if this happened, but I, in my mind I see like explosions and there were kids screaming and running. And at that moment, the, the, the camp leadership kind of called all the staff together. And, and, and as the bird stopped in one location, we kind of formed a circle around that bird. And we, we interlocked arms and we began to slowly inch the bird towards his, his pen. Now, I wasn't in front of the bird. There was actually, I, I, was, I was almost right in, in front of where, where the, the bird was going. There was, this, there was this girl whose name was Amanda who, who was kind of at the front. So, so the bird was looking right at her. And of course, the message that I heard was, Shake, you're the guy. We, you should shift over so that, so that the bird can walk towards you. Now, I don't know if you've ever looked into the cold, soulless eyes of an emu. But we've, got a, we've got a picture. We've got a picture of this emu. Listen, if you don't hear anything else tonight, hear this. An emu will go after you and your family. But slowly, in retrospect, I should have been a gentleman. Don't judge me. Okay, don't judge me. Uh, slowly, with interlocked arms, we, we, we made our way towards the pen, and, and, and the emu didn't harm anyone, didn't, didn't hurt anyone, but, but, but he, he, he went back into his pen. The story of Jimmy Johnson and Emmett Smith reminds us that every team is made up of individuals. Every team is made up of stories and lives that have gone through a lot to get to where they are. The church is a team. The church is a collaboration of people whose goal it is to know Jesus more and to help others know him more. The church together as a body celebrates and grows in God. The church hurts together. The church celebrates together. The church does life together. Let me tell you something. Jesus is all in on your journey. Calvary Orlando is all in on your journey. And if you haven't had a chance to plug in, Listen, there is a layer of ministry that you have not experienced yet. If you haven't plugged into a small group, into a ministry, listen, there's so much more victory, there's so much more triumph than you can experience right here. All you have to do is link up arms with us. We are all in together. In just a few moments, we're, we're going we're gonna to pray together. But I, I want to share just one more thing. When I was about 13 years old, 
we lived in a house in Fort Lauderdale, and on a, on a Friday morning during the summer, my dad came into to my room. And, and my dad, who was, who was a fairly stoic individual, he, he was kind of emanating a lot of emotions. And I knew immediately that something was wrong. And what he said was, he said, shake this house that, that, that we live in, we're, we're losing it. The, uh, uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't make payments, we're, we're, we're losing our house. And I remember that moment, praying out to God, begging, pleading for some miracle or intervention. 24 hours later, we're, we're packing up our boxes and preparing to move. But there was a miracle. As we prepared to pack, cars started coming into our driveway. And it was our church gathering together to help us move. And in this dark season, this dark moment of our lives, that body of believers proved that they were all in. Listen, we have the opportunity. We have the challenge of experiencing this journey together. And it doesn't matter where your journey has begun. Maybe your journey began like Matthew's. Sinful, hurting not only self, but hurting the people around you. Jesus is all in on that journey. Maybe your journey started in a little bit less dramatic fashion. Jesus is all in on that journey. And wherever it goes, Jesus is there. I'd like for us to do something a little bit different today. I want everyone to, to reach out and grab the hand of the person next to you. And I'm gonna say our traditions one more time. But this time, as we shout out the response to those traditions, I want you to shout it out with the person whose hand you're holding. And the first question is this, who are you? I am a child of God. Who are we? We are the body of Christ. And why are we here? To celebrate God and grow in Him. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you, Father. Because on this journey, with all the ups and the downs that we face, God, we believe that you are here. We believe that you are all in on this process. God, as we experience life together, as we do life together, help us to be all in on the person to our right and the person to our left. God, as we unite in growth and celebration of you, Lord, I pray that our lives would reflect you. We thank you, God, for this moment. We thank you, God, for your word. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.